Welcome to the Cascade Church Portland podcast. We're a church that works to be both safe to be and safe to grow through our commitment to intentionality, diversity, curiosity, prayer, and advocacy. Enjoy. Hey, my name is Sarah Swartzendruber. I'm one of the co-pastors here. And I'm Kurt Kroon. I'm the other co-pastor here. I feel like we should have performed a dance, so here we go. It's both of us. I don't know. Random thought. Okay, um, we're going to go ahead, if you haven't been with us before, we like to start our mornings with a question. So if you want to go ahead and turn to the people around you. This morning, our question is, why do you attend a church? So there we go. Go ahead and turn and start chatting. And make sure you say your name. Introduce yourself. Why do you attend a church? If we could gather back up here gather our attention back up here. You're good where you're seated. That's great. Um, I am interested if some of you would be willing to share, um, which by the way, hopefully to normalize, which maybe would have been more appropriate to do before we had you discuss it. But here at Cascade, it's very likely that some of you are back at church for maybe the first time in years. And that's okay. That's quite normal. That's like a lot of people. So we didn't want that to be like a pressure of like, why do you attend church every single Sunday? You do, don't you? Um, it's not really our vibe. But I am interested in what were some of the answers that you shared? Why do you attend a church? We were fascinated by that. Yeah. <laughs> Guilt and shame from your mother? We'll take that. That's honesty right there. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for starting us off, Nathan, huh? That's great. Also, way to go, your dad. I don't know why that's my takeaway, but it's good. Anyone else? Community. Thank you. Camaraderie. Good. Ooh, disrupt a religious system. I like that. Got a little Dumbledore. Yeah. No better way to disrupt religious systems than attendance. (laughs) I know what you mean, Crispin. I know what you mean. (laughs) No one else is going to share. Anyone else? I know. I'm sorry, Crispin. (laughs) I am Nathan's mom. I feel that now. I see it. Channeling it all to him. Yeah. Anyone else want to share? Why do you attend the church? Yeah. The Mm. message. Yeah, thank you, Linda. That's awesome. She's talking Especially about your you. message. Yeah, it was your <laughs> message last week. That's great. I'm not going to make fun of you. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam, I see that hand. What? You're forced. forced to come. Yeah. But he chooses Sunday nights. Just so yeah, you know. yeah, that's yeah, yeah, true. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that thank is you. True. If we played games, he'd be invested. It's fine. Wow. All right. Did you have one, Jeannie? Mm. Yeah. It's huge. Um, these, the reason why we wanted to start off this morning is this Sunday, and the reason why Sarah and I as co-pastors are both up here, is a Story Sunday. Um, and we kind of do this every year, um, where we just take a time to say, where are we as a church? Who are we as a church? And where do we see this whole cascade thing going? And we wanted to start off with why do you attend a church? Because that really informs uh, a lot of why we started this place. Uh, we've been around for four and a half years. 
Um, so we haven't been around very long, but what's exciting is as we look around the room and we hear more of the stories from the room, uh, it feels like Cascade is starting to, to come into what we dreamed and believed it could be. Um, and there's a number of folks here, a number of faces of people that have been around from the very beginning, and they can testify like, no, this is a very different place in four and a half years. A lot has changed. And so we're so glad that you're here and a part of it. Um, as we talk about today and kind of who we are as a church, we're not going to do a lot of like our history, how we very first got started. Um, and if you are just dying of curiosity, like how did you get started four and a half years ago? You're in luck because on February 9th, we're going to do Cascade Connect after church, and that's exactly what we talk about, how we got started and kind of our core values. Um, but we're, we're just going to do more of kind of a look back on 2019 and look forward in 2020. And a plug, if you want to come to Cascade Connect, we would love if you would email us so we can get you a burrito. There you go. Yeah. Chipotle, a little snack. Um, all right, so 2019 highlights. A couple of weeks ago, Jonathan and Kurt and I sat down, and we did this framework of, like, where have we been in 2019? Where do we want to go in 2020? And so that's kind of, like, our sharing here. So if we had to tell you our highlights, because Kurt and I get really excited about some of the things that we like to think about, like, that's happened in the past. So in this year, um, the number one thing that I think is the biggest deal is that Cascade has grown. So just to give you perspective on that is that Cascade's kids program went from, like, an average of, I think it was 32 to an average of 55. So downstairs, if you think there isn't a party happening, you are wrong because there is way more energy down there currently as we speak. We'd love for you to come visit. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that uh, we as a church, we actually uh, created a one-time event and then we've done it again. It was called Age of Attention or Night of Wonders. Uh, I see a head nod. Someone started coming here because of that event, which was so fun. Um, but the reason why I wanted to, to share about this event that we had, Nate, who's a magician and who's great, he wrote a great book, uh, Hillary, who's on Liturgist Podcast and is therapist and doctor and amazing, Scott, who's an artist and he's in Seattle today, but we're, we're grateful to have him be a part of our con congregation is because what we did in that night is how we engage spirituality with a lot more questions and wonder, imagination and embodiment really captures the heart of not just what a one-time event is, but what we want Cascade to be on a weekly basis. How are we coming here filled with questions about who God is and how the world is working instead of saying, hey, here's the answer place where we talk with certainty about what it is. Uh, so it felt like a great event and kind of what it, what it shares about our heart and our values as a congregation. Uh, another thing that happened this year is that we had our first summer camp where we partnered with two Quaker churches. So some backstory on that is that um, I've been looking at partnering for our students to be able to go to a more like large camp experience, which takes a lot of finances and staffing. That's pretty hard on a congregation our size. And so I've been trying to partner with other churches, I think the last three years, unsuccessfully, essentially. And um, so this year, the exciting thing about the partnership was that it was really hard, actually. <laughs> it was a little bit messy, um, but there are two like-minded churches to Cascade who, um, for me, that's really important, that they're open and affirming churches, that our students will be safe, and we're trying to really have uh, really open conversations of how to do youth ministry better in 2020. 
I don't know if you've read books on youth ministry in 2020 recently, but there isn't a lot of help for something of what I want to replicate right now. So for me, it's been amazing to see the partnerships and our students just shared last week in one of our high school groups and said one of the highlights was actually those friends in Newburgh. So um, I'm pretty excited about the intentionality of our churches, and I hope it's a little easier this year. And unlimited oats, I've heard. The Quaker oats? Is that not... Is that a rumor? I'll make sure to tell them okay. that you said that. Oh. Some deep groans from the back. And that's fair. That's the first that's time fair. they've ever that's heard fair. that joke. <laughs> uh, we have done this thing called pub theology uh, once a month. Uh, pub theology is where we have different kind of prompts and conversations about faith and theology at Zoigel House nearby. Uh, shout out Alexander uh, is a co-leader with that. And so we've had a lot of great conversations. We talked about singleness in the church. We talked about Marxism uh, just last week. Um, we've talked about, what are, what are some of the other topics? Eco-theology. Eco Women absolutely. in ministry. Yeah, complementarian versus egalitarian uh, theologies. Um, and so what's fun is we hope it's a safe place for people to come explore uh, theological concepts and our ideas that you may be familiar with and want an outlet to discuss it, or you might have no idea what we're talking about, and we hope it's a safe place to have some of those conversations. Uh, another thing that happened this year is that we went, uh, we had a kids camp that happened with our younger kiddos. So I think it was July something through something, 22 through, I don't know. And on a, there we go, blast off. Okay, 23rd through the 25th. Um, and I think specifically what I had to take away from that with our kids is how curious they were to learn about the Bible and how engaged they were to ask questions. There was a whole period of time where we did I Wonder. And for me, the biggest takeaway was that the I could have prepared myself for their questions, but I really couldn't have of what I thought would happen versus what did happen. So, yeah. Um, this, this one is, stick with me, because this one might be like, why is this one of your highlights of the year? And I'll get there. Uh, I was asked to go speak to a room full of Baptist pastors, uh, largely from the, the East Coast and the South. Um, and this is a pretty literal, this is how the room felt <laughs> when I walked in. Um, so when I <laughs> met with this group of pastors, I was there because none of them are pastoring open and affirming churches, and they wanted a real-life open and affirming pastor to talk to and grill, like, how do you do this? And the reason why it was really um, helpful is that when you have been out of a particular mindset or worldview for a while— um, not giving all the story, but Cascade, like a number of the people that are here were a part of a uh, more evangelical megachurch here in town. There's a way of thinking, there's a way of talking, there's a kind of theology that just becomes normative. And then when you're out of it and you're trying to create something different here at Cascade, it's really hard to recognize, is it different or how much different is it? And walking back into that room, I was like, oh, Wow. It's a really different experience. And um, what was helpful is because it illustrates the kind of space that we're hoping to create here at Cascade where we can ask questions, we can talk about things. One of the moments that was really striking was uh, there was a, a person there and he said, um, you know, I used to be where you are. And he's like, but I can't because of this. And he started tapping the Bible and I was like, oh, the Bible. I hadn't read that. I clearly. 
the Bible, <laughs> I'm sorry, I repent, uh, but he said, I can't because of this. And he goes, and from beginning to end, this is a story about marriage. Yeah. Adam and Eve at the beginning, the marriage of Christ and the church at the end. And I started thinking of just kind of the waves of toxicity that it teaches that, one, if you're a single person, you don't fully belong. Two, if you're not a part of a heterosexual marriage, you don't fully belong. All these different layers of not belonging, not attending, not being a part of this group that was kind of died into this theology. And I thought, how is this Jesus Christ and the stories that we read about Jesus Christ? So all that to say, it wasn't the most fun I've ever had, <laughs> but it, was, it felt great walking out of that space going, no, we're on the right path. We're doing something significant here, and this illustrates it. Next one is uh, this year we launched new small groups in the fall with the help of Shannon Yingman and Ashley Pearlberg, a couple different people on that one. And I think originally we thought maybe we'd have like two or three more small groups. And then we just ended up keep getting like request after request after request. Which context, when we started small groups early on in Cascade, I feel like we almost had to beg people that it was a good idea. Like, you can get to know people, it'll be fun. And then, like, it wasn't the right time, if that makes sense, for the community. And so I think the excitement was that this was a new season of wanting to invest and wanting to engage within the community at a large. Last one. This year, we set up Coffees with a Pastor. Mm -hmm. And so what it is, is some of you I know have taken advantage of it, which we love, is that uh, people can say, yeah, I want to grab coffee. And you can choose either you want to grab coffee with Sarah, you want to grab coffee with me, no preference. And then it's an opportunity to just chat with people before they have to walk in here. Because by the way, I know some of you, this is your first Sunday. Walking into a church you don't know is literally one of the bravest things I can ever imagine. So that's incredible. If you have friends that are like, maybe, but I'm still freaked out, we hope that being able to talk to a pastor about the theology and questions that you have is helpful. And so that's why we do that. And it's been, it's been really encouraging. Um, and uh, it's been important, I think, for both Sarah and I to honor uh, all of your and, and the people that aren't here's story and journey. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of people are like, I haven't been to church in years. And we like to say, good. Have you paid attention to your story? You should have taken a break. You should not have continued attending that. There's no guilt and you didn't jump back in the saddle and reattend a church if it's a place of trauma or spiritual abuse. Um, and so we've really enjoyed being able to just kind of meet and chat with people one-on-one -on -one and hear questions. And if any of you are interested, we'd love to grab coffee with you. Yeah, it doesn't have to be only because your first time. Yeah. There's been multiple yeah. Coffee with Pastors. Um, all right, we are moving on to 2020 and what we are looking forward to in this new year, January mm -hmm. 2020. A year of vision. A year. Do you want to go first? I do. That's a 2020 joke. I still think that's funny, a year of vision, but it's not for everybody. Not all of us. We have an event coming up. Um, yes, some of you don't know, I am a dad, and I like telling jokes. They, over and over again, actually. We have another uh, kind of mini conference that we've been creating uh, with a uh, family in our, our congregation, Danielle Mayfield. She's an author, and she uh, initiated, like, I want to do a little event that kind of captures up 
what Cascade is and kind of the friends and people we have around Cascade. And so we're planning on doing that where Danielle's gonna be talking about her new book, Myth of the American Dream. She's bringing in a friend, Kelly uh, Nicandia, um, who's gonna come with the release of her new book. We're gonna have Michelle Lang come and speak, Brandy Miller, uh, Scott Erickson, Leroy Ansel Barber, Ansel, Ansel Kang, yeah, Sunya, Sunya Gibbs, yeah. Um, a lot of people from the community that we love and value uh, their relationship. And it's just going to be an opportunity to talk more about who God is and what God is doing. So we're really excited about not just being a church that has these conversations, but hosting these conversations on a local uh, basis for people to come uh, be a part of and to come kind of learn more about who we are. The other thing we're really excited about for 2020 is I talked a little bit about growth and kids and students and what that looks like. Um, and that has meant that the load has really increased. Um, and some of you have mentioned um, in having a co-pastor, what does that actually mean? How much can I be upstairs? How much can I be downstairs? And I will just be honest, the, like the load is a little overwhelming. So um, our goal this summer is to bring on a kids and student intern, uh, which would be the hope to, I have a connection with a George Fox student who's amazing, Kara, you may have seen her up here recently. She's going to school right now to become a pastor. And we're trying to help kind of continue to give her experiences in different areas. Um, but specifically, in order to have her here this year, you may ask, like, does that mean that our budget is just so ready for this $1,000 intern that Sarah wants to bring on for 10 weeks, which is only $100 a week, mind you. That's not awesome pay for a student who's in college. Um, and the answer is no, we don't have it necessarily in the budget. And so that is part of our conversation today of that we would love to be able to bring Kara there's a huge need, frankly, to have more help in kids and students for me during the week and for prep and to have better vision of how are we not just a small church, but how do we actually meet the needs of what we have downstairs. Um, so yeah, that would have to do with the $1,000 need. And then also, we'd love to figure out a way to keep her up in Portland. So that would be room and board. More to come on that. Yeah. But we're excited to be a place that hopefully is able to empower people that want to get into ministry and may not be given those opportunities in other places. Um, so one of the things that Cascade and a part of our story is, uh, so our, our value, our stated value is a place that is safe to be and safe to grow. And one of the things we think is important about true safety is transparency with like, but how does the system work? Because you all have been a part of uh, like different events like schools or churches or organizations that you work for and like amazing people and kind of an awful system. And the system has more power to impact people than good people have to impact systems oftentimes. And so one of the ways that we want to address that as a congregation isn't saying, hey, look, we created the perfect systems, but rather to try and make our systems transparent so they can be spoken into and adjusted to be more and more in line with what we think God wants for us and where Jesus is calling us to be. So as part of that, we are going to invite up our board uh, we have a three-person board um, and it's still kind of in its baby face. And the board can come up. I saw some of you like, are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, come on We're up. doing it. Come on. Uh, you can come up on stage and we're going to have interview kind of the board and talk about a little bit more. But our system is that our board members are kind of on a rotating basis. Uh, being a new church, we kind of operated without a board for a while. And then we got one started. And... A big part of this is we wanted you to be able to see and interact with the board because it is time for board nominations as well. And for you to be thinking and looking around, what is this board missing and what could we add to it in ways that are exciting? I'm late. Okay. You're late. 
All right. Okay, so we're going to start off by each board member introducing themselves, and then what do you do during the day if you're not with me? When I'm not with you. Well, I don't um, my name is Hannah, uh, Hannah Lederer. I um, work for a nonprofit here in town as director of operations. Hi, my name is John Sampson. Um, I am what I do during the day. Yeah, what's your job? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you want I me to say as, it? Uh, VP for Student Life at Warner Pacific University. Hi, I'm Shannon Ingman, and um, I work for Trillium Family Services, a nonprofit that provides mental health care for kids and teens. And um, a little side thing I do is a uh, relationship coaching where I take mostly couples through premarital. So the next question that we have for you is to kind of be able to talking about why, uh, just, just so you know, the board is like a voluntary thing. Uh, so they, we asked all these individuals, but then you agreed. So it's kind of on you, really. Um, so why did you want to join the board? Got a lot of jokes today. A lot of um, I agreed to be on the board. Um, I've been a part of churches that I'd seen boards go badly, um, and I knew it was important to um, keep the cascade going. What we had was going was really beautiful, and so when it first came up, I was like, yes, I want to be a part of something that's going to help keep cascade um, and we weren't saying safe to be, safe to grow yet when I first started on the board, but um, I already felt that. And it was important to me to help keep that um, as a value that we held up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't know, could I have said no? Is that a, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me it is that piece of believing in what we're doing here. Um, you know, I think that as we might know that there's, there's not a lot of places that are seeking to do what's happening in this space. Um, and so really value that. And then, you know, I've, I've been a part of some church plants and some systems type stuff. So feeling like, you know, there's, there's places where you can help. And sometimes I can help with the boring stuff of like systems and things like that. So just feeling like I could uh, participate and be a part. I uh, attended seminary for four years, um, and so I'm very familiar what it means to be a pastor, and I think my initial wanting to be on the board is really to stand with Sarah and Kurt and to make them feel seen and to really support them and to be kind of a, yeah, really like someone who is um, helping them, supporting them, challenging them, and Figuring out, I think my, I mean, my background is organizational leadership, and so I love systems and organizing groups, so that's what it comes into. And I think, additionally, what I bring to our conversations is that I hear a lot of what we talk about on a year, like on the year of like a, being a foreigner, so like that's always something, the perspective I bring. And then I think also being a single, like I wanted that to represent it too. So. Yeah. All right, next question is, what are you passionate about at Cascade? I'm passionate, um, my, my passion for this church and what I really wanted to, to be is, maybe to back up, like I grew, like the way I grew up, like when um, 
my family home um, wasn't always the easiest and it was actually really, really hard during my teenage years. And so what I remember very vividly from my teenage years was like that church was a really safe place. Um, more like the, the student uh, leaders were just really, really safe and they saw me and they really helped me through this season that was extremely challenging. And I think that's why I continue to show up for church and believe in church, even though the bigger picture of church is really hard for me these days. Um, is to really like see like one for Cascade that our kids have a place where they just feel safe and where they can develop and grow in whatever beautiful person they're meant to be. Um, and I think also that like my hope is that you know in a few years or like these young kids that they grow up in a church where there's a different normal what church means that they don't even question the fact that women preach or so like that there's something different which I think Cascade is. I was making notes. I was gonna say, are you taking notes? While I can't help talking? it. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, amen, amen. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a few things for me. One one is I have uh, so I have three kids. There's actually I was noticing some snot stains on my shoulder here, so I, I apologize. But um, I think it is that that space of uh, I love that my one my kids want to be here most of the time, um, and and that that's a compelling thing for them and their experience. Um, also, it, it is important to me that we, and I, and I love that we are both value and are continuing to move toward how can we be a diverse and inclusive space where people are not only welcome but have voice, and I think that that's really important. And then um, that we can be a place where we're, we're free to ask the questions and challenge assumptions about what this means and what we do. Because I think so much of how we live out our faith, and it's some of what you know you all are referencing a little bit, but can be so culturally embedded that we forget that, that that's not necessarily the only way to do that. And so um, I love that we can think about that in this space and say, okay, what, what is God calling us to and how do we live that out in this space at this time? So um, I'm probably not alone, I think, in the feeling that I've been hurt by the church and I've been um, hurt by people in the church. I think most people can probably identify with that. And for me, I'm most passionate about Cascade as a place that's safe um, and community, building community in a safe way. I've just never seen church done the way that Cascade is doing it. And um, and I've gone to church my whole life. So I'm passionate about that. And what kind of describes an example um, is I was talking to a coworker about um, this new shirt I got that I was very happy with that says Mama Bear on it. It's got a bear on it, and it has a little baby um, rainbow bear. And <laughs> I had casually mentioned that I'd worn it to church. And she couldn't believe that I'd worn that to church. Um, and then she was super impressed that it was okay to wear it to our church. Mm -hmm. And for me, that kind of sums it up. Cascade was the church I didn't know I needed. Um, what do you see in Cascade's future? From, from your position on the board, where do you see us going? What do you see down the road? Um, I struggled with that question. You guys told me you were gonna ask that. Um, <laughs> Because I, I think partially because I know I'm transitioning off the board, um, been on it for a while now. I just, I think what we've created and built here is beautiful and um, I just want to see more. I want to see more of that. I want to see 
um, growth and diversity and inclusion. I want to see um, a, more of a challenges in our thinking. One of the things I've loved here is that it's a place that I can challenge everything I was taught growing up, um, but not lose my faith while I'm doing it. Like I've, there's so many things that I've um, wrestled with uh, that I learned in my childhood that I believe differently now. And um, I love that we can do that here, that we can wrestle with things in conversations. And so I just see more of that. I see that continuing to grow and develop. Yeah, I, I actually wrestled with this question as well. And I think it's because I don't know if in, in terms of the board role, I see that as uh, kind of like not my job, which sounds bad, but just, just that piece of, I don't think that this group necessarily controls the future. Like, I think that one of the things I love about this space is I think where we're headed is, is this combination then, what are the problems and opportunities we see? And so I think, you know, for me, it's that the board can continue to support um, the pastors. And, you know, I, I see this group as a walk alongside. I think sometimes, you know, like you're talking about the structures, I think some church boards sit in this very much uh, group that this decides, hey, we don't like the pastor, let's get them out, you know, that that kind of stuff. And I think that we have the opportunity to walk alongside and say, what are the opportunities in front of us? How do we support the pastors and the community in pursuing those opportunities? And so that changes from season to season, just like, you know, small groups uh, mm -hmm. change in a moment, or we have someone who's really passionate about this, and, and that happens. And so I think it's just that taking the next step and saying, what's in front of us, what's the need, and what's the opportunity? Um, my hope for Cascade is that we continue to stay curious and to continue to learn. I love how, um, how much that is inspired by each of us. I mean, it really is so, like the beauty of the smaller size of a church, even though we're not that tiny anymore, um, is that, you know, you can always bring forth whatever you would love to see talked about. And I think that's also kind of our leadership model that we like, you know, what do we feel like we want to do as a group or as a community or as individuals in this community and like how can we facilitate that and help that move forward. So, but I think in that I'm, I'm bringing it maybe back around what we started and what you, you mentioned with your gathering. Um, there, it's very, very unique what we're doing. And I think in that way for me personally, if I can just help keep facilitating what we're doing in a way that is healthy and smart and in a, out of a humble learning heart that stays curious and really, really open and affirming, I think that's my, yeah, my biggest desire. And in that we grow structure and systems and finances and so on. Mm. Thank you. Uh, will you go ahead and thank our board for coming up? Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and transition to Jonathan. He's going to come. He oversees operations, finances, all that lovely things. Yeah, Jonathan. Good morning, everyone. Um, as Sarah said, my name is Jonathan. I'm the part-time director of operations here at Cascade. Um, and I'm going to do a little finance uh, recap right now. In years past, um, on this Sunday, I would get up, I'd show our giving trends, I'd show a breakdown of our budget. Um, and last year when we started Cascade Connect, we actually kind of transitioned that to that space. Uh, we found when people were first showing up, they were interested, like, where do you spend the money and how does that match your vision and values? 
Um, so if that's something that you would like to hear more about, we'd love to have you come to Cascade Connect, uh, where we have a little bit more time to go in depth on that. Also, um, if you do want, like you've been around for three or four years, but you're like, I would like to see our budget for this year and if it's changed at all um, and what the giving trends have been, I have some printouts that I'll have out in the lobby after church. Um, you can either come talk to me or if you'd just rather grab one and uh, look at it on your own time, they'll be on the table out there. Uh, but we'd like to have that available for anyone who would like to see that. Um, I also wanted to recap on our gift of hope from December, which feels like so long ago. Um, but we had our best ever gift of hope. We raised $3,000. Um, so way to go, all of you. That was fantastic. Um, we already sent a check off to John McCallway in Tanzania for their um, feeding program for widows and orphans. Um, we also um, have money set aside for Kelly Elementary, the school that we partner with. Um, and what we do with that uh, money that we take in for Kelly um, is throughout the year, they'll come to us for um, opportunities to help out family members um, that have need. Um, and actually, in the last few weeks, they came to us and said, our um, nurse does not really have any nursing supplies. Uh, could you help us purchase nurse supplies um, as we head into 2020? And we said, absolutely. Um, so part of the, what we did with Gift of Hope was to be able to meet that need. Uh, so wanted to share that little bit of news. And then as Sarah mentioned, um, our kids program is rapidly growing and with that creates opportunities for our summer intern. Um, that's gonna be, if we're able to do that, that's kind of our aspirational goal with our finances this year, would be able to um, raise an extra $1,000, um, not per month, but overall. Um, it'd be 100 bucks a week for 10 weeks. Um, so if that's something that you're like, hey, I already give, but I'm really passionate about that, I'd love to see that. Um, you could always do a one-time gift. Um, or if that's something where you're like, hey, I'd like to just contribute overall and like do monthly giving, um, that would also be really helpful because we know that while this 10 weeks is going to be great, um, after that 10 weeks, there's probably going to be continued opportunities as we um, anticipate that we'll see growth. And we'd really like to build that into the lifeblood of Cascade um, to have some more support for Sarah down there. Um, but also, as they mentioned earlier, to be creating opportunities to empower uh, folks that are pursuing ministry careers um, that maybe don't get opportunities at other churches. Um, so if that's something that um, you feel excited about, um, we'd love to have you partner with us. And as always, if you have any questions about our finances, budget, or just general operations, I'm always available for emails um, or coffee and love to meet you and answer any questions that you have. Thank you, Jonathan. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> I didn't want to hit the mic. That would have been distracting. Um, also, as we talk about this, some of you might be like, hey, that's cool. You know, your church and you guys have talked about being inclusive. You talked about uh, diversity, these different values. I just want to be incredibly clear that we don't value these things uh, because we think like, well, culturally it's important to but rather for us, it is the key to understanding who God is and who Jesus is. And consistent with the stories of in the Gospels of who Jesus Christ is, is seeing the people that aren't normally seen. It's welcoming those who aren't normally welcomed. And so for us, our pursuit of all of these things isn't a secondary, but it's actually primary to understanding who Jesus is and creating a place where all people are seen and valued, which we think is at the heart of the Scripture. Um, and so the story that we tell here at Cascade will we'll always come through that Jesus lens. Um, and we hope that we can create an environment where people can start to wrestle with complexity. Uh, we just talked a couple weeks ago about rapture theology. 
and like where it comes from and why it is. The goal at Cascade isn't to say, ha, 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 some people believe in rapture theology. Isn't that dumb? But rather to say, some people believe in rapture theology, and there's this whole stream of Christianity that doesn't have any rapture theology. And now if you can see that both of these things exist in the stream, now it isn't what are you going to believe, but why do you believe what you believe? Because both of them belong in the stream of Christianity. And there's actually lots of things like this, where there's lots of people that are followers of Jesus that believe what they believe because they have to believe it. And we want to create a place that asks questions to say, what do, what do we have to believe? And if there's actually options in the history of Christianity, then the better question is, why do you believe that? Why is that the place that you land? Um, so yeah, maybe a little over-clarification. <laughs> Uh, but I did want to clarify that this isn't something that we're like, hey, this is what we think is cool right now and attracts people, so we're going to do it for a while. For us, this is at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's why we do what we do. So. Transitioning. Transitioning to All right. our board. Uh, we want to go ahead and let you know that we are hoping to transition to bringing more board members on. Shannon mentioned that she's been gracious enough to be on the board for I don't know how long now. I don't want to, yeah, unclear. Lana Millington was on our board and transitioned off. And now we wanted to move towards the process of actually putting people on the board. So we've not actually done this how we were hoping to do it until now. We were part of the first ever hopeful process. Woo-woo, history. Woo so, uh, Kurt, do you want to explain how we would like to be nominating people yeah. to go onto the board? So we have a number up here, and this is the actually the number to the church. Uh, if you want to text a name or uh, several names on who among the congregation would you like to nominate to be a part of the board? And what the process will be is we'll collect those names. Um, some of the things that we, we have is people that are, are regularly attending. Um, and what that means at Cascade, it might be different than other places. So like, you know, we see them. You're around here. Uh, people that are volunteering and a part of Cascade in the church. Uh, that will be taken into it, and then actually the board will collect those names, look at what we see the gaps are currently on our current board structure, uh, and then we will be voting and extending those offers uh, to you all. So we'd love for you to think about it, uh, pray about it, take that number down, or just text right now and say, hey, here's a name of somebody in the congregation that I'd like to nominate. Also, jokes are hilarious, but maybe don't make a joke about this one, um, <laughs> like in funny names or other people or all that. I just got a buzz. I think it already like happened. Like deep dive. We're late. like, who yeah, is yeah. that? Who is that? Is that a joke? Is, yeah. There you go. Amanda, hug and kiss. I don't remember her attending. Is that all right. it? Did I think that's it? everything we want to talk Woo! about. Nailed it. We did it. 